Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My name is Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide-angle view of my obsession for ownership, I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected. Though the trophies may be different, the hunters are more similar than they know. My guest today is Tony Petro, who is a collector of Stephen King novels. And I'm not talking just having a copy of every one of this author's books. Tony collects just about every printing, every paperback, slipcase special edition, autographed copy, and even editions in foreign languages. Tony isn't just collecting books from his favorite writer. He's collecting pop culture artifacts. Stephen King is a literary juggernaut who has defined American horror since writing Carrie in the 1970s, but has also wielded a mastery across genre with fantasy novels like The Stand and soul revitalizing stories like The Shawshank Redemption. If you've never read a Stephen King book, then I guarantee you've seen a movie or TV adaptation of his. And if you haven't, who are you? Turn this podcast off and go watch one. Better yet, go read one of his books. To see selects of my guests' collections, follow the show's Instagram at Running Out of Space Podcast. And now, welcome to the show, Tony Petro. Where are you located on the East Coast? Uh, Maryland. Oh, so, cool. like just outside of DC. Is that where Stephen King is from? Or is he from Rhode Island? No, he's in Maine. He's in Maine. Right. So he's like 10 hours up the coast. He's from Maine, right. And you, yeah. so you are a, you're a big Stephen King book collector. Yeah, a little bit. And how did that start? Uh, I just got into reading his books probably right, um, like for a first year of college. And um, I just kind of decided I wanted to read them all. And then around 2018, I started seriously trying to build up a collection were you and collecting, were you collecting I, anything prior to that not really prior to that i just got i was just getting additions to read i didn't care which ones i was just going to the store and grabbing them bringing them home reading them and then after i started reading them more i tried to get all like hard covers and then, and i was like getting rid of my paperbacks and doing that and then you know once i kind of had them all i was like wait now i want like the paperbacks I had before because of like there's a little nostalgic value there so what was the and then it just kind of blew up from there what was the first Stephen King book you read the first one I read was actually Carrie and I actually read that uh as an ebook which was kind of funny that's the only ebook I ever read King wise and that was my first one 
and that was his first correct proper novel wasn't it yeah it was and i didn't know that at the time i just i was just on a kick of reading books about like people with powers and stuff like that so uh-huh were you, in, just fit. were you into the horror genre as a kid or is it more the fantasy stuff that got you it, well i guess as a kid it was more like the sci-fi like fantasy kind of not necessarily horror but in that realm of like superheroes and stuff like that uh-huh. and then i stumbled upon carrie and after that i was like i need to read more you just started voraciously devouring stephen king books yeah pretty much it was like then i picked up the shining well actually my mom got me dr sleep for christmas and i hadn't read the shining yet so i was like i can't read that until i read the shining so then i read the shining and the dr sleep and then it just cascaded from there how many books total has he written by now uh somewhere in the 70s it just depends on like if you count the non-fictions or if you count like short stories that are published separately and aren't in an anthology yet then it's it's definitely it's in the 70s and that accounts for all the richard bachman stuff yep do you like that do you like his voice yeah, as bachman or do you have a preference or i definitely prefer his king his own voice to the bachman voice the bachman one tends to get a little like it he like tries to get really dark and he just ends up making a lot of really terrible people <laughs> characters like that you just don't care about yeah so what was the first book where you realized that you weren't just a fan of Stephen King you were now collecting Stephen King books yeah I guess it had to be I got a like a Japanese edition of Needful Things and then after that, I was just like, you know what? Like, it's going to be kind of cool to have like multiple editions of each book and have different languages because they think the artwork is really cool and it's fun to look at them and it's just fun to have them. Because there's there's such a wide array of Stephen King books out there, do they do entire um, runs of paperbacks or hardcovers with the same artist doing the covers for each book? There's a few like that. I don't. I don't know, like, especially with the hardcovers, I think he does tend to just kind of do each of those, like, individually, mm-hmm. except for, like, the Dark Tower ones. They obviously had, like, Michael Whelan, that artist, he did, I think, I want to say, like, four of the books. Like, he did the art for a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know, like, the artist, he, he definitely uses some, like, Bernie Wrightson's on art for a couple of his books, too. How do you usually acquire them? Uh... A books is a fun site for a lot of like the um, the foreign ones, and then I I use eBay a lot, and then I know a few people on the um, that I've met through Instagram that actually have helped me like meet sellers and meet and talk to them and purchase things. And then there is like a a Stephen King group on Facebook where they specialize in like rare and collectible uh-huh. books. So I'm in that group, and I see people post stuff every now and then. And you can always post in there and ask. Just say I'm looking for this, and then they will. They'll help you point. They'll help point you in the right direction. And is there a grail that you have in mind when it comes to Stephen King books? Is there something you're chasing after, or something that's that you're you're? Constantly- uh, I'd love. I'd love one signed to me. <laughs> Would be really cool. Uh huh. Um, and I got one of my grails recently. It was the first edition of the Gunslinger, so that was pretty awesome. What year was that printed? Uh, in the in eighty. 80- three something like that in the early 80s um but it just had a really low print run so it's like really it was it's not easy to get now how did you acquire it's worth it? a lot <laughs> i found a a decent deal on ebay and i was like i can't 
I can't pass it up. I had a couple of good weeks at work and I was like, you know what? I, I, I earned this. <laughs> yeah. And now that you have it, is the search over or you just find that you're hungry for more? Oh, I, for a little bit there, I was definitely hungry for more and I was getting some other things and I was like, I need to like relax and I'll, I'll, I'll probably get back into getting something here and there eventually. But for now, I'm just kind of hanging out. Is the gunslinger considered a grail throughout the community or is that just something personal for you? Yeah, the first edition one is considered, it's a big one because there's only 10,000 copies. Oh, wow. Period. Of the first edition. Yeah. Why, why so low? Especially for Stephen King. I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly sure why it was so low. I think because he originally published it as like five parts in a um, uh, science fiction and fantasy magazine. And it was just, so they published in like five separate little like editions. So you can like try to get those two, which is kind of fun to look for. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, the guy, then Grant, the publisher asked him if they could put it as a full book. And he was like, yeah, sure. But I just don't know how well it's going to do. So they, I guess the print run was real low. And then they did another run of another 10,000 as like a second edition before the second book came out. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of part of, so that one's also somewhat sought after. Uh -huh. Does he do any like special independent runs for his new stuff or is it all just kind of mass market now? Yeah, sometimes. So a lot of his um, new ones, uh, independent, like limited sellers, will they'll, they'll buy the rights and they'll publish an edition. Like um, the one he published in March later, the um, Hard Case Crime and like Titan Books, they published a limited edition like right after the normal one uh -huh. was on sale. So you could like get them both or try to get them both. And so now there was one that was signed and then one that wasn't. So how many books do you think you have in total? Of um, I have a little catalog and it's definitely in the mid 400s to 500s. Wow. Is this a constant pursuit? Like you're on eBay weekly, if not daily, just always scouring for Stephen King stuff? Like right now, at least I've definitely been going to thrift stores more and trying to find like older ones there. Because uh -huh. a lot of times like online and on sellers, they definitely try to like screw you over so i'm just trying to see if i can get lucky at this point which is sure. yeah and so what's the community like what's the stephen king community like when it comes to the book collectors oh it's great i mean people are there they all know i think everyone more or less is under the same like understanding and idea of like how it works and nobody you definitely see some people that come in and they get upset when they don't get something that someone else got and it's like that's just the way of the game i mean that's the same thing as trying to get a home run ball at a baseball game you know what i mean like you can't get mad when someone next to you caught it like that's just how it works it's how it happens you know are there any other novelists that you collect as voraciously or i mean i see is that all king in the background i see that's all king behind me yeah and then i have another shelf to my right that um this is all not king so i have um kind of an extent randomly an extensive collection of just frankenstein because i just i read it recently a friend recommended it to me and I just really liked it. I really liked what and I, how just iconic it is. And I never really kind of realized it because I never read it. And then I also recently, um, but I started collecting a lot of Michael Crichton's work because mm -hmm. I read Jurassic Park when I was younger. And obviously, I mean, I loved that movie growing up. Loved Dinosaurs as a kid, like most kids do. Yeah. Uh, and then I just decided I was wanted to read all of his stuff. So I started doing that late last fall, winter time period. And I've gotten through like 15 of them now. And he, he only has... 26 under his own name and then he's got like 10 more under pseudonyms but 
Uh-huh. So I'll probably get done with all of his stuff. Do you think you've jumped over to these different writers and these different books because you've kind of gotten to the point in your Stephen King collection where you can actually be satisfied or are you just expanding your horizons? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, yeah, because I think I definitely hit a point where now like the only King things I'm really getting, like I'll get paperbacks that I think look fun or like try to fill a set. Um, king at least and then the other really only king purchase i'm doing like big ones so it's like signed ones or limited ones um but yeah with these other authors i definitely i've jumped over there just because it's like i've hit i've read all king's books so at this point like i'm rereading things which mm-hmm. is fun but like i like to sprinkle in new stuff here and there what's your favorite stephen king book uh the shining yeah i love it it was the second one i read and it was just it's so immersive and like atmospheric like it is kind of it's ter- terrifying the way that he makes you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. And there's a place where you definitely don't want to be. <laughs> there's a lot of editions of that one, right? Uh, last time I checked, I've got like 24 different ones. What's your favorite one? Which is fun. Uh, well, I have a first edition, and then I also have one, um, a signed limited one from Subterranean Press, which is like, it's just a gorgeous book in a tray case. And even when you open it, and take it. it doesn't actually have like a jacket but it just looks oh that's very pretty beautiful and then of course and of course it's got that nice little scribble there too <laughs> and that that came out when uh this came out i think 2013 was when they they published that edition uh-huh and then what's the first on there what what's the first edition of the shining look like that's is it the hand painting of the, of the whole family <laughs> You mentioned Bernie Wright. Is he the he's the monster painter guy? Is that Bernie Wrightson? Yeah, he so he does all the. Have you ever seen like Cycle where Werewolf? He did all the artwork for that. Uh huh. Oh yeah, of course. Artwork for the. Yeah, he does the artwork for the Creep Show comic too. Yes. Like that little graphic novel. So isn't he's pretty the, well known? Isn't the that's Werewolf the first edition? Oh yeah, that's it right there. What year did that? Yeah. Seventy-seven, I want to say. Okay, so did Wrightson Wrightson yeah. painted that cover? No, this one was painted by, um, shit, what's his name? I just got, I recently got the uh, um, Sun Tup editions. They they published like limited edition books, but they also had a, like a really cool series of, they were releasing um, prints of King's covers. Oh, wow. That's like artwork. So I I, I got it recently. Um, what was it on a nice like paper? The or... artist. Man, yeah, they're really, really, the quality is great. Oh, Dave Christensen was the artist. I love paperback paintings. I love that sh- that that style of the Shining one. I love the '70s style. Yes. I even love um, Harlequin romance. Even like the paintings of that. There's just something about paperback paintings that I really do that really draws me in. Yeah. That Shining one is very cool. They've probably it had other editions. Cool. They've probably had other editions that are that are more sinister or brooding or more kind of psychological. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I like this one because it is kind of like. It's just, it looks very nice. Like, and it's not necessarily simple, but it is, it definitely doesn't kind of give you too much of what the book is. Right. There's something very wholesome and domestic about it. But once you read, yeah. and, and, and as you're reading the book, I think I picked up a paperback of The Shining with that cover on it, just a repro of that cover. And I found myself throughout reading it, flipping back to the cover to look at the family again. And the perception yeah. changes as you read the book. I haven't read much Stephen King. I read The Shining, um, and but the one that really profoundly impacted me was his on writing book. I read that book. That book's I, great. 
it's a fantastic book for anybody, whether or not you like horror, whether or yeah. not you like Stephen King, it's just a wonderful, wonderful book and an insight into his mind, but also there was, there's some real tools in there, whether or not you live a creative lifestyle or not, the idea of if you, you know, when you, when you start a project or anything, the idea is that you're almost like an archeologist and you're digging and you're digging and you're digging and you're digging to find that. That really stuck with me over the years. That was really, that really had a big impact on me. He's great. Yeah, and he's it's really great. Yeah, he's just, he's got a brilliant mind for sure. I see you have a whole shelf and it's so neatly organized. Um, <laughs> what is it about the shelf appeal of Stephen King books? I don't, I, I just like the way they all kind of, a lot of them, they're all really different. But then when you put them all together, like they all do have their similarity, similarities. So it's like you look at, especially the um, the books in like the early, the late 80s and early 90s, like when he was publishing the Viking, all of them have like very similar style. And there's a few discrepancies here and there, but like for the most part, they're all like, you're lucky. Like you look, you can look at it out of the corner and be like, oh, that's a King book. Like you can see it and you just know. Yeah. And that's kind of cool to see. And then a lot of his paperbacks, he's got a couple sets where like they did for like a long period of time when they were reproducing ones and the new ones came out, like they all look the same. Like they have like a black bottom and a color on top. Uh -huh. um, and then he has other ones where it's like they have a white top and the bottom is some sort of chromatic color. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of different ones like, like that. I'm curious as to why Stephen King, I mean, I know he, he's, a, he's a giant. He's yeah. he's a fine writer and one of the you know great American novelists. But I feel like there is a sense of playful irreverence when it comes to people who enjoy Stephen King. He's safe because he's mainstream, but his ideas are so diabolical and maybe repressed in our psyche. Is that is that fair to say that he he talks about some of the stuff that is kind of bubbling underneath Americana. Yeah, a little, definitely for sure. Like he's, he, he has plenty of problematic uh, scenes and moments and the uh, characters and like things that people say that I, that definitely gets like, I, I, I know personally a few people that have stopped reading some of his stuff because he like says things and they're just uncomfortable with it. And I, was, yeah. and I always, a lot of times when that happens, is it is one of his like, bad characters like it's a bad guy and i was like that's as uncomfortable as that makes you one that was kind of the point right like he's definitely trying to do that and two like the usually he only has like these characters that you are not supposed to like yeah. do these things so it's like he kind of uses the like terrible things that are going on in the world and you inserts them in his books and use like makes these bad people do these things or be a part of these things like even i just i was lucky enough i got his newest book a couple weeks early and i read it and he it was kind of eye roll worthy at times when he mentions trump like at least 20 times throughout the book which is just and the whole the whole point of that was he really just was one he's putting his own point viewpoints in the book mm -hmm. um but he was using like every character that he did like have mentioned trump was somebody that was like oh screw that guy like i don't care about him i don't like him it's and that's what he was going for. Sure. I mean, and he also kind of is so good at the yokel voice. He really knows that that <laughs> sort of character. So it makes sense that he would write something about Trump supporters. He probably nailed it. What do you think it says about you that you collect Stephen King? I don't really, I don't know. I just, 
it definitely became a passion yeah of mine and uh I know a lot of my friends that like work because I like work at a bar I work at a restaurant and my friends all they're all like you're a little like they kind of make fun of me for it a little bit but they do come over like when they come over and look at the shelves they're like that's really cool like they like yeah they definitely have a like they like to poke fun but at the same time like I think everyone kind of is like they appreciate it and like what it is a a bookcase full of of a collection of one author is very impressive it it really I've, I've mentioned this before it puts it it puts the work into context seeing all the different volumes and all the different design work of the of the covers do you which leads me actually to a a question do you collect the original um paintings at all do you do you have any original artwork from the paperback editions or from hardback editions? so that's what yeah i have a few then mainly from that from suntup that um that company that was publishing them so but i have, are, I have a couple are, those are reprints do you have any originals yeah um no i don't think i do i do yeah i don't have any originals i just have the reprints that they did mm-hmm. they like glossed them up and made them look a little more vibrant than like what you see on the covers of the books yeah um, so circling back, do you have like a, a wild streak in you? Do you have, do you just, do you, do you simply just love um, the writing or are you expressing something about yourself in your collection? I'm not that I know of. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I just like the writing. I like the way that he kind of uh, is able to take you away. Mm-hmm. When I really got into his stuff, like with The Shining, at least I was actually recovering from surgery for like, a, I had a brain tumor and I was recovering from that. So when I read that, it kind of took me away from like, yeah. my present situation which was really cool and I think that's not always the most healthy thing but I think that's the cool thing with fiction is it does do that and King specifically at least a lot, with a lot of the writers that I've read he specifically is one that has been able to do it the most and the best where it's like I, ha- I have a hard time when I read his books like getting distracted thank you for sharing about your surgery yeah. that, that that sounds intense yeah yeah you're absolutely right. He has a way with his writing. It's it's very simple, but it's so engaging that it's a, he's a real page turner. He's a very good writer in that way. Yeah. His his, his uh, words. He doesn't use big words. He doesn't um, get really bogged down with detail. He really gets right to the point, and he just really has a way of keeping you reading. And I suppose that's why he's endured so long, huh? Yeah, I think it's for sure. And I, he does like, there are moments where he gets a little wordy and like gets kind of ranty mm-hmm. with things, especially when he is describing like small towns or like just the things that are going on in the town, which is, but I kind of like it. I, I, it does help, like you said, with that feeling of kind of putting you there and mm-hmm. immersing the writer in or the reader in the writing. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. it's like if you walk down the street, like, and if you wanted to describe like one street corner, like you couldn't do it as vibrantly as he does without using a lot of words. What's that shelf behind you? Do you have it in chronological order? How do you have your collection? Yeah, so starting up here, uh, it's chronological, like the US editions from here and then over that way. And then the UK ones start right there. Mm -hmm. The the United Kingdom hardcovers are really just that one section there. Mm -hmm. And then back over here, I have, like weird collectible like i have a couple omnibus i don't know how what the plural for an omnibus is but i have a few of them that have like a couple of his books together um and then i just started with the paperbacks after that and i went just like height and different publishers and stuff so i try to keep them like this the ones that are published by the same people like in the same spots Mm -hmm. what are your because like you said you do get like similar artwork and similar 
things and i think that's good it's kind of cool to see like how it transforms and that's like when you go to the a normal bookstore like barnes and noble or books million and you see like the different how it changes every year like even from me collecting really starting to buy his stuff in like 2014 when i started um these were the kinds of editions that were always on the shelves you know like this white cover and the color now it's like wait can i see, see the those. front can i see the front of that one yeah yeah yeah, right. Just like, yeah, so it's, it's kind like of straight up paperback those. fair, right. Yeah, and now it's, um, now if you go to a bookstore, you'll see ones like this published by like gallery. Um, and then they have like these more modern looking covers, mm -hmm. which is, and uh, some of them, I don't collect a lot of these. I only collect the ones I think really um, catch my eye and my interest, which is like specifically, I just think that one's a really pretty, mm -hmm looking cover like i like what they did with it so that's why i grabbed that one so you're not a completist you're really just about whatever grabs a hold of you and yeah only only a completist for like specific things like with the dark tower ones i don't want i don't want any like incomplete sets with that so which i i think i did i think i have them all all the us ones at least uh-huh and um, what what's what um differentiates the wow factor between the UK editions and the US editions. Can you talk a little bit about what you like about each one? Yeah, I have a, a weird obsession, most King fans would say at least, with um, The Dark Half, his book he wrote in like the late 80, 89, I think is when it came out. You cut out, you said 89. Yeah, yeah, 80, 89. I just really like that one personally because it's one, like the, again, the main character, like you start out with him dealing with the brain tumor. So that was like, for me, like reading that was, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is something I can relate to. And then afterward, like when I read it and I was like, this is really interesting because he wrote that book right after he got kind of outed as Bachman. And the book is about an author killing his pseudonym. So it's like, and in the book, he does switch styles between his own and his Bachman style. And you can see it. And I think he intentionally was very um, forward with showing you the different styles and making you see it and making you see like kind of his own inner battle with his identity and stuff like that. So I think that book specifically is really cool. And that's one of the few, the UK has better covers in some instances, but that's the one where it's like way better. Um, and it's like not, it's not particularly close. The, the US cover just for reference, it's kind of stupid like it's just a little just the name and the name you can you can barely see that skull in the background yeah some people don't even know it's a skull until i until i was like i think that's what it is uh -huh. i'm pretty sure i'm right there but i don't know yeah and then the uk cover is awesome yeah that's fantastic who's you know the artist like of that is that a painting uh yeah it is and i actually have the the reproduction do you think that generally the paperback artwork is better than the hardcover artwork in some cases, yeah, I think it is. The uh... I agree. I agree. It's always it's always more challenging with the with the hardcover stuff. It seems more conservative. Um, but then when the yeah. they, 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 publishers really think really go wild with the paperbacks. They yeah, because I think they they I think it's a little cheaper to make, obviously. So they and and they have more freedom with the print run too. So I think they definitely are more willing to put something. A little more uh, risky on there. Yeah, there's also something very, to... there's also something very kitschy about the paperback too. He's such a rock star, 
for a writer, you know, he, he's yeah. really reached that, that, um, that plane where he is bigger than the medium himself. It's kind of crazy where he, I mean, he can put anything out and it's going to sell instantly. I mean, it's just. I want to know more, man. Really give it to me. Like what, what is it? I know that he helped you through a, a very hard time in your life. And that, believe me, like that's enough. I'm not trying to pry into that stuff, but what is it about? No, yeah. What is what what gets you when you're reading a Stephen King book? Because um, while it is easy to read, it's not easy reading. And especially if you yeah. are reading all of his stuff, you you're immersed. There must yeah. be, there must be an overall universe that has kind of developed throughout all of his books. He really has done that, and I think it's and he really um, solidified that aspect at least the whole like universal thing with um the dark tower series and he made that kind of the center of his all of his books so after you read all those if you like bop around to his other books like you'll see connections and things that tie in and other characters and little hints here and there that like make it seem like okay you're like this is part of this is part of that overarching world that he isn't like overtly saying but it is. I mean, it's part of his, it's his storybook universe and he created a whole like microcosm of a world out there that, and all these books are a part of it. And it's kind of cool to see the little hints and things here and there. Mm -hmm. And as I reread them, I see more and more. So it's kind of fun. Like when I first read through a bunch of them, obviously I missed a lot because I hadn't read the Dark Tower series yet. I read those like after I'd already read like 20 something books. So it was uh, rereading the other ones. I did notice a lot of things. Yeah, and it was fun. To, it was fun for me to like pick up on that. But then, like for me personally, I think his books just—he has such a way with. Well, like, we already discussed the immersion and the atmospheres he creates, but I think his characters too. Like, I think I, I don't know if I've read many authors that um, have such a way with making you fall in love with so many different characters and different people, and then he's able to just like put you through the the ringer with every emotion in a lot of books and i think it's really impressive like i i've read a bunch of Crichton books and he doesn't have nearly the way with with people and characters and emotion that king does i know in my own practices what gets me to collect something i like to see it all together i like to feel mm -hmm. like i'm a part of the subject i like or the material is that it for you you like to feel that you are a part of the Stephen King fan community, or do you feel closer to the work through the volume in which you collect? Yeah, I think I think you hit on a couple of good points there, but mainly because I didn't necessarily start collecting until I was closer, like seriously collecting his stuff until I was closer to finishing all of his works. So I think when I got close to like reading all of them and getting, you know, to the end, even though I know he's published more since then, but I, I just kind of felt like I was like, oh, I need more, even if I can't read them, if they're in other languages, you know, I can't, but like just to have it, to see it, to be able to look at it and have it on this wall behind me all the time. I can walk in here and just sit here and look at these and pick any of them up and open them back up again. Yeah, it definitely uh, made me feel more apart, like closer to to like him in a way and closer to all the work that's gone into them. I can totally understand that. You want to be surrounded by it. And, and in some yeah. way, it kind of, it, it becomes imbued into yourself. You become imbued with it. Yeah. And so I think, I think having, getting into like the whole Instagram, like bookstagram community definitely helped 
mm-hmm. with that because it's like when I first started, I was just doing it just to kind of keep track of my like journey through his works. Mm-hmm. And then I started like seeing other people and how their collections were doing and how kind of how he impacts like everybody. Like it's it wasn't just me. It's obviously it's millions of people that he's has a pretty strong impact over. And I think just even that seeing that helped me want to collect more of his books too. Just to be like, I have all of these. And even if like somebody else can't have them, like if I share them, it makes them happy to see them. Let's see some of your big guns. This is like the the bad big big baddie holy grail for a lot of people. Very cool. That's some Michael Michael Whelan artwork there. Oh, I follow the, his. Oh. I follow Michael Whelan Instagram. Okay, that, let me see the back. Yeah. yeah, the the back's a cool, really cool one. That's gorgeous. I remember when I first when I first read the book. That's like the last illustration of the book too, like toward the very end. And I saw that, and I had that as my phone screensaver for a long time because mm-hmm. I was like, "This is just really freaking cool." Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's another. I mean, this isn't the first edition, but this is a a limited edition of the last Dark Tower book that Whelan also did, mm-hmm. and they split it into two, just to give you some cool cover artwork. Yeah. And then it's actually signed by King and Whelan, so that's pretty cool. Wow. To have them have them both there. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Do they go all out with the the covers for the repros of, of King books? Do you find that there's a little bit more of a wow factor with Yeah, for the for the limited editions, especially, like they definitely um they know that the people are they're spending money on these things on these limited editions are they're not cheap. They're and they the book itself is just produced, they're always produced really well. And the cover the artwork is definitely something that they all that these publishers really try to like give people and the artwork inside is something that they want to be really awesome as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty cool. Like that's a big part of why I collect a lot of limited ones. Cause I just like seeing the artwork. I like seeing yes. the work that goes into them um, and how impressive some of them, they just look really nice and they feel nice. And obviously I wouldn't read out of them cause they're hefty and they're, you know, I put some money into that to get it, but like, yes. I love um, book artwork because it's see it's over time it's seemed to have taken on a, its own life as a canvas for artwork in a way. The way that um, people make these designs for these books, it, it almost makes it like a, a vessel, a, a new format for art. I yeah. know that the, the, the stuff is usually um, scaled down. It's usually on a canvas or something like that, but the the the, the format of the book, and the way that artwork has been combined into it, it's really special. It really is its own form of art and a way to display artwork. Yeah, for sure. And they really are beautiful books. Like, yes, to try to get them and have them to be able to see them all the time when I walk in this room. And like this one is a, a limited edition from Cemetery Dance for Salem's Lot. And this is just the slipcase. I mean, even that alone is nice. Yeah. And then we take it out. And then like we said with the artwork, like you really get kind of blown away by just seeing that the haunted house at the top of the hill. <laughs> and the book, it's, I mean, it's huge. It's a big book. And they, they went all out on making sure that this was going to be something worth it to have on your shelf. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of fun. That's cool to see that these, you know, they're obviously, they're trying to make money, these publishing houses, but at the same time, like they want to give you something that you're going to feel like is worth it to have. Yeah, I mean, also, they know that if they do a good job, they're going to be able to sell the next one. 
especially with somebody as pro yeah, you're they're gonna come back exactly you know like you don't want to you don't want to botch the first one and just have a money grab because there's so many to celebrate yeah it's really it is impressive to see these companies do that and then, then they can get ones that are really unique like at one point king published two books uh desperation the regulators and he published one under his name and another one under the bachman name even though bachman was already like known to be him at this point but he did it because he wrote the books almost as like a mirror to each other, which was really fun. And then Dutton, the company that published the regulators, they did this fun little limited edition. They made it look like a toy car. That's awesome. Like, so the, the box, the box looks like a toy box. Isn't there a toy car in that story? I remember reading, I think I read Desperation. Yeah. And then in the regulators, it's the one, the little kid watches a TV show about like, then he has those like toy cars and stuff. And then the, when you take it out, it's really simple, Very really true. nice. But then they did a really cool thing with the uh, the signature page on this one is they had it, they had Bachman sign it um, oh, cool. as a check. Like it was like a check, <laughs> which I think is really interesting. I like that. And each, each check is different. They have different numbers. That lets you know like which number out of uh, 500 or out of, yeah, 552 books were signed. So this is number... 368 that's what's on the check yeah and it was written to the university of maine library which is kind of funny yeah do you think king <laughs> is in his own class when it comes to collectors because you don't have to be the dark tattooed hot topic pierced badass to be a king <laughs> fan yeah i think for sure that and it's and i don't i mean maybe it's just because i don't look for him but i don't see many authors with this many different publishers putting out limited editions of his books. Like I know specifically with Crichton, he's got a few from like the Franklin library and Easton press and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing to the volume that King has for publishing houses. Yeah. But you would also think that the, for a horror fan, the superficial horror fan who likes to, you know, look quote badass, look like a savage, look yeah. like they came out of, you know, look like they are a creature of the night. There's something about Stephen King that makes it okay for a conservative isn't the right answer, isn't the right like isn't an average Joe. <laughs> not not so much average because in a way it's an intellectual pursuit you're reading, but a little bit more yeah. of a less i guess less of a surface level person in other words you don't have to fit into a certain um aesthetic right with stephen king whereas if you were into clive barker maybe you would be you know looking more like something out of a you know um uk goth club yeah yeah he definitely has a different uh fan base the people that early start like very into his books. Yeah. Do you I find that? definitely there, see it. There must be Stephen King conventions, right? Uh, I would assume. I don't, I don't, there's, I think his stuff kind of shows up at a lot of like the horror cons and things like that. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess what, I, what I was trying to say is you get more of a mainstream appeal with Stephen King than you would yeah. some of these more niche horror writers. It's right. I mean, am I wrong in saying Yeah, that? I think a lot of, Horror's gotten really big specific in like the indie market too, which I think is really cool for indie writers and, and the fact that the horror genre itself has kind of exploded mm -hmm. even more so than when King was really producing stuff in like the 80s and 90s. 
it's it has blown up now so there are there are a lot of different authors that you could get horror stuff from but king does seem to be like the king of the genre at the moment yeah you don't seem to get a lot of people that are so in your face when it comes to stephen king you get a, a it's a nice crowd they're usually people that are just voracious readers which is actually quite pleasant yeah. as opposed to the in your face sort of like oh i'm i'm the most horrible horrible horror fan in the world like look at me <laughs> look at me um which is cool in, in one aspect, I, I, I can totally dig that, but there's something about Stephen King readers that is a lot more subdued. And I, I, I guess, yeah, you, it, it, it's a little bit more mainstream. You, you, you get that wide swath of people. There is no, when you think of a Stephen King reader, you can't really pinpoint who they are. Whereas opposed, you know, I'm using it as a bad example, just because of my own limitations, you know, with a Clive Barker reader, you can be like, okay, I get it. I get why you, I, I get why you yeah. gravitate towards those stories. King's books are a lot more diverse than people think. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you first, you know, think of King, you think The Shining, you think It, you think killer cars and clowns and the killer dogs. Like a lot of people do immediately associate him with certain things, but a lot of people that do read him more, like you see that he also wrote The Green Mile and Shawshank and um, The Body, which is actually Stand By Me. Like, so he wrote, a lot of things that aren't your typical like in your face horror novels yeah and that's why i think that helps with the fact that what you're seeing is how diverse his fan base is what's your favorite movie adaptation of his uh probably shawshank or the green mile or stand by me i mean i think all three of those are perfect like movie to book to movie adaptations and the movies themselves are just awesome and those are all bachman books right or no those, those were kings those were his yeah yeah, yeah shawshank. shawshank and um and the stand by me were novellas that he published with uh, in the different seasons collection uh -huh. and then the green mile was actually a serial novel so he published it in six parts like over a six month span which is kind of neat like in the early 90s he did that and then um, shawshank wasn't wasn't bachman no i love shawshank what first got yeah, me into, awesome. What first got me into Stephen King was Creepshow. I saw that in the theater as a little. Yeah, boy. Creepshow's awesome. And then I saw Cujo, and that scared me. I mean, it's not a great movie, but yeah. the moment when the kids in the car, it's Danny Pintero, I think, from Who's the Boss or something, the child actor, yeah. in the car, so terrifying. And I think that's actually that's another thing that why his fan base is so big is because of all the movies. More people, I think, will go see the movie than read the book. For sure. But then after they see the movie, they're like, maybe I should read that. Like, let me go pick it up. Let me see what it's about. Let me see what's different. I, I wasn't sure if I should say this to you or not, but um, is it wrong of me to say that I prefer The Shining movie over The Shining book? Am I terrible? I don't agree. I won't agree with you, but I, you're not the first person that said that to me. <laughs> Apparently, Stephen King does not like Kubrick. He, uh, the yeah, Kubrick I don't either. At all. And he has problems with, he had problems with Kubrick himself. Yeah, I got Kubrick like uh, kicked him off set and took the and like totally rewrote the script and everything. So it's like, I mean, if you bought the rights to the movie, I guess technically you have the freedom to do that. But I don't know. For me personally, I was like, if you're gonna adapt someone's work, like try to stick to it. Yeah, especially <laughs> That's just I mean, the way I see it. But. Yeah, I mean, you have two amazing creatives going head to head. Either way you're gonna go, it's gonna be great. But yeah, I totally understand both sides for sure. 
But yeah, I, I didn't know if that was sacrilege or not. Is that a debate in the King community? I think it's pretty rare to see that people say the movie's better, but uh -huh. you definitely get a lot of people that try to like be like, the movie's just as good, and I just treat them as two separate things. Yeah. And I was like, I understand that argument, but at the same time, like you wouldn't have Kubrick's movie without King's books. So you can't really treat them as two separate things. Yeah. Yeah, no, because sure. one literally came from the other one. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, what's your oldest one that you have? Uh, the oldest one, it's I, I guess it would have to be um, The Shining because I don't have first editions of Carrie or Salem's Lot yet. Are those the, and, are those um, are those expensive on the aftermarket? Yeah, they're they're really expensive. Mainly just and The Shining is too. But I got I got lucky. One of my friends had an extra copy and he sold them to me for a great price. But because the older ones, like the Double Day ones, the first five books he published, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um those ones are they didn't have really high print runs so it's and because they were published in the 70s so it's like hard to get them now that are in like good condition especially unread you do you want them unread or does that not matter to you anymore uh i not necessarily unread but i would like them to be not torn to dreads you know what's the one book you're going to take if uh, unfortunately there's a fire in your house i mean i guess it would have to be either the the gunslinger or i do have a a couple of signed ones, so that might be might be one of those ones, but yeah. it would probably be the Gunslinger just because I put a good penny into that, and it is like the Holy Grail. And there's only again, there's only ten thousand copies, so it is pretty cool to have one. Yeah. What's the feeling like when you get this book, and it's something you've been searching for, and you got the edition, and it's imperfect. It's 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 it's, it's exactly what you wanted. Um, you finally have this book, and then all you can really do with it is slip it in next to all the other books is the is the yeah. is there a joy that's lost in that or is there is does the joy re remain in the acquisition uh for me it for me it remains because it's and i and especially because i have that the instagram that i keep up with daily and i'll take pictures of it and then get ready to like talk about it and show how excited i am because i just i always say when i get a new book it's always some you know a little, little christmas present each morning when i see something in the mail um, yeah, it's, it's like I'm putting it on the shelf is just it like leaves it up there as a memento. So it's every time I walk in, I can see it. I'm like, oh, I just got that recently. Like, it's cool. That wasn't there two weeks ago, you know? It's like a missing piece has been completed in your, in your, yeah. school, right? I mean, that was like the big thing with getting the Gunslinger was like that first edition was I was like, I finally have all those, the first editions for all those Dark Tower books. It's a sense of accomplishment, I imagine. Yeah. Thank you.